to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Juan Vargas. Juan has been actively engaged in all aspects of real estate, sales, investment, management, financing, and construction for more than 10 years. He has experience with residential as well as commercial, including individually owning and managing a 32-unit multifamily property. He's also the founder of Gen Wealth Capital Group, and through his company, he oversees the operations of over 700 units and manages $20 million of investor equity. In addition, he's an equity partner in over 1,500 units. So we're really happy to have you on the show today, Juan. How are you doing? Uh, it's my pleasure. You know, I certainly do appreciate you inviting me here to the show. So I'm, I'm excited and uh, here to um, to add value to you and to your audience. Thank you so much. So I would really love to just learn a little bit more about you and your background. And if you can share, you know, how you got started in real estate, um, that would be great. Yeah, for sure. So my background, well, I mean, I grew up in, in Texas, right? Just a little outside of Houston. And my parents were, you know, they, they came to the States from Mexico, um, you know, immigrants. I grew up with that same immigrant mentality, work hard, do those type of things. And you, you'll be successful, right? That was the mentality. And so Finishing high school, I went to a technical school and I went to, um, it was a mechanic, right? It was pretty much a technical school for, to, to be, to be a technician, right? To, you know, work on cars, right? And the reason for that was because my dad taught me how to, how to work hard with my hands. Um, and that's what I knew, right? And so I wanted to make money. I didn't want to go to four year college, even though I graduated with honors and, you know, I had some good grades, but I just felt that, you know, the best route for me at that point was to go to a technical school. And that's what I did. You know, it was fun. I ended up working for BMW. I did that for a good while. Um, but during that time, I also realized that it's a job and there's a ceiling. I, I began to have a family. And uh, you start to think about other ways to create passive income because you know that one source of income, is it can be uh, pretty tough, right? So I decided to, to look into real estate and you know I started to buy single family, right? And that was my path into real estate. And you know, my dad was always in real estate, even growing up. But, um, and he would tell us to get into real estate um, except that he would he would do everything himself, and so you know, growing up, you know, I didn't want to do that because he was doing everything himself, and he was underneath the sink, he was doing maintenance and all these different things, and I just felt that it wasn't what I wanted to do. But when I was working at BMW, I realized that hey, you know what, he's correct. Um, it's just that he's not doing it correctly. He's correct in the asset class, but maybe he's not doing it correctly. And so, I um, mean, you know, I took that and yeah, I got into a single family, and that's how I got my start into real estate. Wow. And so you talked a little bit about having that immigrant mentality and growing up in a family, you know, where hard work is really important and you have different values. How is that helping you today um, as you're progressing into in your real estate career? Yeah, I think it does help tremendously because, you know, part of it is, is hard work, right? But then you also have to work smart. You have to, you have to leverage. Um, there's multiple different things that working hard, right? I certainly do believe that it helps you know, it helps because you come from humble beginnings as well, right? You're not born with a silver spoon. You have to work you work for what you can achieve, right? Um, and so certainly, you know, they brought those values, integrity, you know, being being honest, working hard, all that is, is kind of together as a package. Um, so you know, I'm grateful for my parents for, for teaching us that, you know? No, absolutely. 
And so one of the things you talked about too was your father was in real estate and he was doing single family homes. And you realized that real estate was a good path to pursue. And so you also started going into single families. So what are some of the things that you did differently than what he did um, when you first started? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, so one of the things that I realized that I could do that he didn't necessarily do was um, pay experts, right? So uh, what I mean by that was if I'm going to rehab a home, then pay the guys that do that for a living be the guys that do that professionally and do it well and do it right the first time. You know, for me, being that I was good with my hands, I could have tried to do it, right? Um, but how long would it have taken me to do it, right? It maybe would have taken me months to do it and I would have lost, you know, revenue, right? I would have lost rent. And so, as I mentioned, you know, leverage, pay the professionals that are good at what they do. And so I think my dad has that um, little bit of a different mentality in that if you can save the, the money, um, he'll, he'll try to save the money and, and just do it himself because he's good at what he does. But then, I mean, what that causes is you're, you're burning time as well, right? So um, it's about time, right? Time becomes more important than the money at that one point, right? Because you're really trying to, trying to get things moving. So uh, that's one of the biggest things, I, I would say. And then the other one is go bigger, right? So um, and not staying in single family and going bigger and, and adding doors in one specific location. I think that's, that's huge as well. On your journey from starting from single family to, you know, acquiring more doors, can you walk us through that process and what was that transition like for you? Yeah. So on a house that I had, I had a resident. He was a good resident. He was a good tenant. Um, he ended up leaving because he got stationed somewhere else. He was in an army. Um, and so I marketed the property. I said, okay, no big deal. Marketed the property and it sat vacant for a month, month and a half. Um, and I had some tours and I had people that applied and, you know, people that qualified, but the point is that it was a month and a half and during just, all, that's all it took for me, right? It was a month and a half where I realized that I was the one paying for all the expenses. I was the one paying for utilities, you know, all the expenses. I had to put money back into the property to, to turn it, to get it to rent level, a rent ready. And so I had some funds in, in, a, in a separate account that I had from cash flow, right? That was my cash flow. Uh, but then I realized like, hey, you know what? I have to put it back in here because I had to do all these different things, right? So that's when I realized, you know what? Um, if I have multiple doors, it's great. It's better, right? Because if I have one unit or one house and that resident leaves, I'm 100% vacant. I'm not 50% vacant. I'm, I'm 100% vacant, right? And just having a 10 unit or a 20 unit and, and you're, you're one down, then you're still 90% plus occupied, right? So it just made a lot of sense you know, for me at that time. And that was my, actually my light bulb. I told myself, you know what? I'm not going to pursue single family anymore. And it was going to take me 50 or 60 or 70, 80 houses to get to my goal anyway. So I'm just going to you know, scrap this plan and then pursue multifamily and don't look back, right? That was my, my goal. Not, do not look back and just look forward. And that, that was my transition, right? So going into multifamily. Can you talk a little bit about your first deal that you um, acquired as a multifamily? Yeah. So the first deal that I, I acquired was a 32 unit that I acquired through uh, direct mail. It was via direct mail. So these were handwritten letters that, that I actually sent out. And I was able to um, to build a rapport with the owner. And, you know, I even took my wife with me, would build a rapport with her, with her and him. It was a couple that they actually built the property um, and they had owned it. And so we built a good rapport. And so they were ready to move to the next step, right? They were going to list it with a the broker. They decided to give me a chance and I was thrilled for that. And so um, the next step was to get financing, right? And that was another challenge was getting financing because I hadn't done a multifamily loan before, right? And and so that was another challenge, but um, I ended up partnering with a good friend of mine 
um, who has invested with me since since that one deal. He's a good friend of mine, and he's actually a general contractor. Um, you know, he he helped with the single family stuff. We ended up partnering together, and it, it made a good partnership. And that's how I was able to qualify, right? So couldn't do it myself, but I you know did, we did it together, and then we took the deal down, and you know it was the first good little value add deal, a thirty two unit, um, just outside of Houston, and you know that was um, a good learning experience there. How many direct mails did you have to send out in order to get that one? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I I didn't really keep count. Um, I think I did keep count at, you know, at the very beginning and then I just kept doing it. And I would say it was it was somewhere in the you know, 500, 700 range uh, of pieces, right? And these are letters, as I mentioned. At first, I started with uh, sending them, you know, typed, just typed letters. But then I was like, you know what? I need to distinguish myself somehow, right? So um, whether that, that takes, you know, me handwriting, writing a letter or, or do something else, I, I need to do something different. Right. And you get it from the single family, right. You, you'll get letters, you know, from a single family, you get the le- yellow letters. I didn't do yellow letters. I did a regular piece of piece of white paper. Um, and then just sent it out to them and, you know, just made it authentic. And, and so I had multiple people call me from that actually. And so I had a good response and then I actually built some, some good relationships you know, from that as a direct result of that. One of them, which that I keep in contact like all the time, and he still has my letter. And so that letter just just means a you know friendship. He never sold me a deal or anything, but it's a friendship that I created as a result of that, right? And he's sort of like a mentor in, in a way as well. Um, but so yeah, several pieces of letter, uh, letters, and then um, you know yeah, we're able to to strike a deal. Well, you never know where you're going to create these relationships, but you in, never know. Yeah, but in relate in real estate, well, especially in um, multifamily, you know, relationships is everything. And so it's great that through these direct mailing letters, you were able to establish that type of relationship with uh, multiple people. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And that's the idea, right? To build a relationship. It's always the idea. You know, it's, it's a people business, right? So build a relationship. If you're looking to buy a deal, build a relationship first, right? Don't just say, hey, I want to buy this deal. How much will you sell it to me for, right? And you know, that doesn't, that's not the way it works, right? It never works like that. And so people have to choose you to sell their deal to and you got to choose them to buy it from. So it has to work both ways. So certainly, it's always a good thing to to do it that way, yeah. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Can you share a little bit about what you wrote in the letter to make it a little bit more personalized? Yeah, it was pretty much, um, I pretty much said, you know, hey, I'm a local multifamily owner or no, I'm a local buyer in the area. I own a residential, um, look at the get into, into multifamily. So the, the thing about it, the letter was to be authentic, uh, be authentic, be honest, and you know, look at the get into multifamily. Um, I can't remember the exact word, so don't quote me on every single word, but <laughs> look at to, to expand, came across your property as one that would be um, that would be a great fit if you had that desire to sell. Um, we'd love to connect. And, you know, I don't remember what else, but, and 
one of the things that I also did was try to understand their pain points. That's one of the, the biggest keys there is to understand what it is that they want or what it is that they may be looking for and try to put the letter as much as possible, right? So um, some of the things that, you know, I don't necessarily recommend it all the time, but you could put in there um, that you're willing to put up hard money, right? To show that you're a serious buyer, you know, and like that, they're able to pick up the phone or, you know, shoot you an email because they don't want any tire kickers, right? And that's the biggest thing. So put that in there. And I also had a picture of my family, right? That, that, that made it, you know, certainly made it more personalized. But the biggest thing was that these were properties that were 50 units and below. And so 50 units below, they were owned over three years or more. And they were only in a couple of zip codes that I targeted. So it wasn't like I was, you know, reaching out to 200 plus unit properties, trying to get them to respond to my letter. They're just going to throw it in the trash, right? But um, so you have to make sure that if you're going to do that, you got to make sure you target the right people as well, right? So that's exactly what we did there. Thank you for sharing that. And so now you have this 32 unit under contract. Did you do this on your own or did you have partners to help you? And did you um, raise capital or was everything on your own? Yeah. um, So it was myself and a partner and we put the deal together and he was a general contractor. And so his strength was obviously on the uh, exteriors and the interiors, right? So that's what he did. So he did exterior paint, some landscaping work and signage and all those good things that, that really turned the property around my office area. And then, you know, he also did the interiors. But then we focused on the management and oversight of the property um, and operations and all that good stuff. And, you know, together we formed a good partnership and we're able to make it a pretty good success. So now you have your 32 unit under your belt. And then you also are the founder of Gen Wealth Capital Group. How did that come about? And um, can you walk us through the steps for how you decided to found that, that company? Yeah, that's a great question. So whenever I first acquired the 32 unit, um, I was just looking to buy, right? Because I just felt that, hey, you know, going from single family to multifamily makes a lot of sense. But, you know, this is before learning about syndication. This is before learning about that you can raise money from other investors and they can come into your deals and you can buy multi-million dollar deals and before learning all that. But, you know, I knew that once I acquired that 32 unit that I wanted to expand, right? Because I was like, you know what, this, I had the bug now and I want to keep buying and, and looking at other properties. How do I expand into larger deals if, if you have limited funds, Right. I had a ton of equity in the house, you know, I could have sold it or, or tapped it to other sources for 1K and those type of sources, but I wanted to see how I can expand if I had limited funds at that point. So, and that was through syndication. It really was, you know, for me at that point. Um, so that was the the thought and the birth of a gen wealth capital from that point was able to to partner in with other guys that were even more experienced than I was and really help them and add value to them and partner in, into larger deals and um and also invest in several passive deals as well. And then, um, you know, eventually get to the point where I was, you know, syndicating my own deals and learning a lot from the deals that I invested in or that I co-sponsored with and just putting all, all that back together and really trying to produce the, the, the best service and, and also um, the best operations for that as possible for, for our properties and for our investors. So, yeah, one thing just led to another. And here we are today. What is kind of one of the challenges that you faced um, as you were growing to where you are today? Yeah, there, there's multiple challenges. I mean, I would say certainly one of the one of the bigger challenges is gaining that trust from people, right? If you have a trust from your current partner, I mean, that says it all. That's one person, though. You know, that's unfortunately it's only one person. Um, and the idea is to try to gain that trust from from multiple people, right? And so that means exposing yourself. That means you know getting out there and, and talking to people, and you know just being yourself, being authentic, and also just adding value to them, you know, any way that you can, right? So. And not trying to force a relationship, not trying to force something that's not there. So I think that, you know, that one of the bigger challenges was 
build relationships um, and turn, you know, ha- have people or have investors that could possibly invest in your deals. And the other one was was finding the actual deals and not having the experience. You know, it kind of puts you at a at a little bit of a disadvantage because you know brokers are not going to take you as seriously. Um, they they want to look at your track record, and for them that that speaks volumes, right? And if you don't have that yet, then it, it's a little bit uncomfortable for them, right? So just trying to put those things together, it's it's a challenge here because you have to really make a big jump. And once you get you know a couple of deals under your belt, then things that start to become a little bit easier, and they become a little bit easier, a little bit faster, but um, not overnight. Nothing happens overnight, though, you know. Yeah, it takes a lot of work and a lot of time and energy to kind of get to and build this portfolio. And then to get to where you are. So um, especially in real estate, it's it's a slow marathon. It is. It's 100% a slow marathon. And they always say that, uh, you know, slow and steady wins the race, right? And many people can agree with that. Many people may not. Right? Some people would rather do something quick, but uh, it makes a big bucks. But um, I think if you look you look around, most of the people that have been in real estate, they've they've owned for a really long time, right? Through generations. And and those are the people that really have been able to produce some really good results, you know, for for not only for themselves, but for the families and you know other generations to come. Absolutely. So Juan, what is next for you? Um, so next for me is to continue, as I mentioned, um, to continue to grow um, our platform. Hopefully we're able to add value to other investors that are looking to become financially free in, in many ways. And for 2021, we'll, we'll love to you know continue to acquire in Texas. We're based in Texas um, and also in Arizona. Those two markets um, are the markets that we, we like and really target. So. I would say those are the next things um, business-wise. Yes, those are the next things. And so Juan, can you share how real estate investing has impacted your life so far? Yeah, I would say that it certainly has had a, a tremendous positive impact. Um, and number one, just the, the number of people that have been able to meet. That's like one of the most rewarding things, you know, people that would have never thought possible, right? Like you and I, for example, just on this call here, just talking and connecting and really getting to know a little bit about each other. Um, I think that's huge. And those relationships can go really far. And you never know. You never know how which way they can take. But you know, I think that's one of the, one of the biggest by far benefits. Um, and I would say, you know, financially it's, it's been you know positive as well because it does give you the flexibility, right? It, it's hard work as I mentioned, but it does give you the flexibility to be able to um have more freedom, have more time, have more flexibility to do the things that you want and do what we love. I mean, real estate is is enjoyable, right? And Sure, it has its ups and downs, but it's, it really is enjoyable overall. And so it, it does give us the flexibility to be able to continue to do this and, um, and enjoy life for the best that we can. Absolutely. And so, Juan, what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? I would say that um, it, it's 100% a team sport. If you want to get to a certain level, um, then you have to have a strong team around you. You know, there's no I in team. It's got to be together. Um, and so when you're starting out, you kind of feel like, you know, you can, you want to take it on yourself as much as possible, but you also um, will realize that you can make a lot of mistakes and you can't go as far if you're by your alone. So I would say, you know, together is really the way to go in, in everything that you do, especially in this business. I would agree with that. Especially I like what you said about real estate investing is a team sport and also, it's it's just so much more fun to build those relationships, work with other people, and you know, try to get to and accomplish the same goals that we all have. Yeah, because if you're pushing hard, we're working together, right? You and I, you're pushing hard for the same goals that we both, you know, mutually have. And I'm pushing hard, and it's like you know, together we're gonna get there quicker, right, and faster, and provide more value to other people. You know, so that's that's what it's about, right? One plus one cannot equal two; it's got to equal three. Absolutely. <laughs> 
And other than the team sport, what is one thing that sets the successful people part in the real estate investing business? Consistency. Consistency in what you do, not giving up. It's so easy to give up. It's so easy to throw in the towel when things don't go your way. And this business as an entrepreneur or any other business, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. And many times it happens on the, on the same day, multiple downs in the same day. And so it's about how, how you see those. And it really is about the attitude, right? Because you will feel, face so many challenges. And, and if you, you give up and you play the, the pointing game and blaming game at other people, then you know, you're not going to be successful. So you just have to roll up your sleeves and, and attack the challenges that you face on a daily basis um, and move forward. And you'll realize that, hey, you know what? That challenge wasn't that bad. You know, actually, it, it was not bad at all. And I don't know why I was even freaking out about it, you know? And so that's what I would say. You know, so many people will tend to, I guess, fold over and, and just give up. And you, you can't do that. You know, it's you got to keep marching on, you know? Absolutely. And so if you share a couple of tools or techniques that you use to improve the efficiency of your life or your business? Uh, tools that we use to make it more efficient. Um, you know, we, we try to leverage technology for sure, right? Technology has uh, really improved, you know, over the last decade. And there's so many, you know, multiple sources. I mean, Zoom, we're on a Zoom call, but we use all kinds of technology. We use um, Microsoft. We use Microsoft Teams. We use uh, Google Drive. I mean, we use uh, so many different technologies. I would say make sure that you use that for to your advantage. Um, you can't keep track of everything you know, on a piece of paper or just in Excel, right? It's got to be multiple sources. Just using technology to your advantage because it's all around you and, and it really benefits you. It's there to benefit you. No, thank you so much. And Juan, if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and what you do, where can they go? Thank you. Um, people can reach out to me at Juan at GenWealthCapital.com. Juan at GenWealthCapital.com. Or they can reach out to me on, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, you know, all over the place. Um, I'm even on, on Clubhouse. So there's a new app called Clubhouse. You have to be an iPhone user for that, but I'm on there as well. So always happy to connect. Always happy to, to jump on a call and to, to see how I can help you. Don't feel afraid to reach out. I'm, I'm happy to connect and, and help you out. Thank you so much, Juan. Really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing your journey with us. Um, and so we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you so much. I certainly do appreciate it and, uh, and wish you uh, continued success as well. Thank you. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.